0: hello hello lovely listeners all of you ghouls and goblins and everything in between welcome to across the veil with
1: zelda and emma welcome to our third week of cold creatures
0: and this week it's a double creature frozen feature (laughs) double the creatures double the fun (laughs) double the murder (laughs) <laughs> mm? Double
1: the death, definitely in my case.
0: I don't think anyone dies in mine, but still spooky, still evil. <laughs> still mischievous, I'm assuming. it's They're mischievous. They're not... Mm-hmm. They're Oh, there is murder. It's just not human murder. Ooh. So yeah, du- double the creature, double the death.
1: <sighs> We're going a little bit all over the world today. I mean, I'm taking you guys back to Canada, but it's the northwest side of Canada now. And... It's another Inuit creature, but this time it's an Inuit demon. Well, I'm going to be talking about some Scandinavian gnomes.
0: It's gnome time.
1: <laughs> do you remember Gnomeo and Juliet?
0: I have seen it. It's expunged from my memory.
1: I've never seen it, and I do not plan to, but I don't think we can talk about gnomes without mentioning Nomeo and Juliet.
0: Ugh, Nomeo and Juliet. I just...
1: We're Shakespeare buffs, and... Of
0: of all the Shakespeare things that have been made in this world... That's the biggest sin. Why? why I mean, it was fine, and then they did, like, a Sherlock Holmes sequel, which... Sherlock Holmes, uh, uh, Sherlock gnomes. It's... Sometimes puns are bad. Sometimes you shouldn't make a movie about a pun. <laughs> and sometimes bad puns make a shit ton of money at the box office.
1: Sometimes fucking emojis make it into a movie.
0: I've actually, I watched the Emoji movie for the culture. Mm -hmm. It was bad. (laughs) It was just bad. Like, it was just bad. And I like to go into movies to give them the benefit of the doubt. And it was bad. It was bad. bad.
1: (laughs) I saw Trolls recently, both Trolls movies. And
0: I did. I also saw both Trolls movies.
1: Honestly, I fucked with them. I had a great
0: time. I won't lie. The music is great. Like, casting Anna Kendrick and Jay Timbers, like, the songs
1: are gonna slap. They slap. I mean, I think they were a little boring, I was fully engrossed. Mm-hmm. I was riveted. They were watchable. More than watchable. I had a great time, but you know, <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> but our creatures this week are actually, we're kind of calling the theme Sweet But Psycho. So on the surface, it's like not that scary, but then you actually tell the story and they're psycho. I, we also love the song Sweet But Psycho. Oh,
0: oh she's she sweet but a psycho, psycho. A little bit psycho. A little bit psycho.
1: Good song. <laughs> Okay, let's get into it, folks.
0: Who are you telling me about this week? Uh, what, who's this creepy demon boy? Or are they them? Creepy demon, they them.
1: So I hate being tickled. <laughs> it may seem like a non sequitur, but don't worry, it's not. So I really hate being tickled. I'm not extremely ticklish, but like if someone tickles my stomach or for some strange reason, my knees are like really ticklish. That's, like, that's grounds for murder. Yeah. Do not. I'll fuck you up.
0: And I think you're fully within your rights as an American citizen to do so.
1: I think so, too. Like, don't touch me. But so if someone ever says, like, here comes the tickle monster, I'm already scared. But, like, uh, for most people, tickling is pretty harmless. Annoying, but harmless. Yeah. But it turns out that there really is a goddamn tickle monster. And he is fucking terrifying. Oh, a literal tickle monster. I mean like more like tickle demon. Oh. So my seems not that scary, but it's actually really deadly. Winter creature is the Mahaha, a maniacal Inuit demon smiling ear to ear that terrorizes the Arctic and tickles its victims to death. Yikes. Yeah, big yoinks. Big yikes! The Mahaha is a gaunt, spindly being with putrid ice blue skin, cold to the touch, and stretched so tightly around its corpse like body, its bones protrude against its sinewy skin. Ugh. Its head hangs low, but large white eyes and a terrible smile pierce through the stringy black hair that falls over its horrible face. It sounds kind of like me again. <laughs>
0: the stringy black hair and horrible face. Yep. That's not what I'd say. You have a lovely face.
1: I think I have a horrible face.
0: It's a good face.
1: <laughs> Long, razor sharp fingernails extend from the Mahaha's bony hands. It is always barefoot and wears either tattered rags or no clothing at all. Despite its emaciated appearance, the creature is incredibly strong and completely unbothered by the snow. You know the Mahaha is near, an inhuman giggling starts (laughs) echoing around you, for the demon is always laughing,
0: giddy to find its next victim. I think one thing that you talked about, well, one thing that you haven't talked about, the Mahaha, that I find truly terrifying because it's something I have, is the fact that he's always cold and nothing is worse than cold fingies. No, he's never cold. No, but his, like, when you touch him, he's cold. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, cold fingies. I have cold fingies. I do too. And I torture people with them. So I get it. No, I get, I get the. You get it. Yeah. I get the need to torture people with cold
1: fingies. He also got long nails. I feel like their length is Kylie Jenner length. Compared to me, it's still long, so together we make a (laughs) mahaha. So it is a singular creature that prowls the Arctic alone. When the mahaha finds an unsuspecting victim, it gleefully uses its knife-like fingernails to tickle its prey, shredding them bit by bit. The poor victim suffers an agonizing death of screams and laughter as their body is torn apart. Every victim of the Mahaha is left with a horrible twisted smile spread across their frozen face. If a person was found dead with a bizarre smile, the tribe knew it was the work of the Mahaha. That sight alone is enough to strike fear in the heart of anyone unfortunate to see such a dreadful corpse. However, though the demon is vicious and unnaturally strong, it can be pretty easily defeated. Really? Oh yeah. The Mahaha is easily tricked. In fact, it's a pretty foolish demon, with most stories ending in deception. If you find yourself cornered by the monster, ask it to have one last drink with you from a water hole. Mahaha will accept, and as it leans over the open water, push it into the hole. The Mahaha will be swept away by the current, and you'll be saved from the worst tickle fight of your life. All right, pretty solid, pretty
0: Pretty solid. solid. I feel like that, if I was a, creepy tickle demon with cold fingies a way to like do me in is like do you want to get a drink and i'm being mm-hmm. like yes the answer is yeah. always yes
1: oh yeah he thirsty but i have a story about the mahaha, and it comes from a book called inuit legends that contains stories and legends told to the authors mark kaluak and david webster by older inuit people in the northwest inuit territories of canada so without further ado this is the legend of Mahaha the tickler Once there was a couple who lived all alone. They had no children, so the woman had to stay by herself every time the man went out to hunt. One day, while the woman was alone, she happened to go onto her porch where she encountered the dreadful Mahaha. The thing tickled her to death, leaving a wide, twisted smile stretched across her face. When the husband came home, he was furious to discover his wife's body. From the look on her face, he knew Mahaha was to blame. Still furious, he waited in his igloo. When night came, he went to bed with his clothes on, leaving the entrance wide open. Suddenly, he heard someone coming inside, laughing and giggling gleefully. As it laughed, it said, Oh, my dear father. Sure enough, the Mahaha attacked the man. It climbed up on the bed platform and started to tickle him. But the man grabbed the thing by the ankles and swung it onto the floor. Now, in the old days, as the igloo got cold, the floor became icy. As he bashed the thing into the ice floor, it kept laughing and laughing away as hard as ever. It didn't appear to feel any pain. Thinking he couldn't kill it, the man enticed the thing to the water hole, where he asked it to take a drink with him. As the mahaha bent to take a drink, the man pushed it into the hole and drove it under the ice with an ice scoop. Finally, the thing died, drowned by the icy current. He's done. Yeah. I also think, though, are its victims only ripped
0: apart because his nails are so gross? And should we get him some nail clippers? Because he seems like he just wants to make
1: friends. Well, no, I think he really wants to kill people.
0: It feels like the Joker a little bit.
1: I also felt like that, too. There's like a whole Batman movie where like the... Joker sprays stuff on people's faces and they're left and like they die and they have like the horrible smile. Mm-hmm. But also, that's like an imagery. People having a weirdly big smile is imagery that like really freaks me out for some reason. Like, I think it's an uncanny valley, sort of, John.
0: It's definitely an uncanny valley, but also like the, I think it's called the Cheshire grin is the like, yeah. you take the knife and you do that from a biological <laughs> like point. You're only supposed to see a certain amount of teeth because teeth are. Like creatures with big teeth are supposed to be scary. So if we see more mm-hmm. teeth than we're used to, it's kind of like a primal thing that is like, that's Ooh. wrong. Don't like teeth. Bad teeth. Bad teeth. No teeth. I don't know why I'm doing so much baby talk this episode with Fingies <laughs> and quent and teeth. I'm so sorry. It's just a mood. <laughs> it do be like that sometimes.
1: It do. But yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't considered that teeth bad also it's do you think the
0: cold does something to your jaw or just kind of the way it could be yeah it's like the rigor mortis when you die so that's an interesting
1: mm-hmm. there's also the things where when you freeze to death you kind of go into a state of almost like hallucination sort of mm-hmm. you lose touch with reality and so it could be a person freezing to death and during that they see shit they're looped out they're looped out they're having a great time mm-hmm. and so they, they they die with a big old smile. That's fascinating and horrifying. Yes, it is. And that's what I strive for. Now, give me the trolls talk. Not trolls, gnomes? Well, yes. Give me that gnome talk. Take me gnome country road. <laughs> So, these little creatures are associated
0: mainly with the Christmas and winter season in general. They've got a bunch of different names because they're from all over Scandinavia, but for the purposes of this discussion, I'll be calling them by one of their most traditional names, which is Nisse, which is their common name in Norwegian, but they're also gnome. <laughs> <laughs> they're also known They're also known as Tomte in Swedish and Tomten Nisse or Tontu in Finnish. Nice pronunciation. Thank you. I, I have been looking them up and I'm really hoping that I'm Getting them right. Big mood, big mood. So the Nisse are Christmas gnomes, and they're a very popular creature in Scandinavian folklore. Have you guys ever seen a garden gnome? I feel like we all kind of know what garden gnomes look like.
1: Oh yeah, they're cute. They got like the hat and shit mm-hmm. and like beard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's basically what these little
0: guys look like. Aww. They're usually depicted as short little men with the cone hats that are usually red, traditionally red, and they've got white beards. Usually they're elderly looking, but some portrayals have them a little bit more youthful. And it just kind of really depends on the person who's drawing them. Cute. Traditionally, the Nisa live in houses or barns, and they act as guardians of the household. They protect the family and livestock, sometimes even helping out with the chores, which is nice. Nice of them. It's kind. These little guys seem so sweet and jolly, but they're known for their very short because they're, they're tiny. They're, notes, they're short. They're short. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> they're short tempers, and they can cause a bunch of damage when they get offended. They've been known to do anything from playing harmless pranks to steal and even kill livestock if they feel they've been insulted. They're petty bitches. Nisei are incredibly strong despite their small stature. They also take their job as household protectors very seriously, and they demand respect. Goddamn right. Nisei are also very traditional, and if these traditions are not observed, they have, you know, bad mischievous habits. If a person swears or urinates in the barn, it's not tolerated by the Nisei. They do not like that. Neither was animal abuse. You can't do that shit. Nisei don't like that. Don't abuse the barn animals. I love these guys. And it was considered polite to warn a if somebody spilled anything on the floor. So if like you spill a cup of tea, you should be like, oh, sorry, there's tea spilling. Shit, my bad. So that was considered polite. For those who broke the rules, the Nisei would punish the household. They've been known to smack people on their ears with a switch. <laughs> they tie the tails of the household cows together to cause chaos. They turn objects upside down and they even break things. Oh, they're like poltergeists. A little bit, but only only if you piss them off by not following their rules. They demand respect. They demand respect. They have good self-worth. They do. A yearly Christmas appeasement tradition is to put out a bowl of porridge with a little square of butter on top for the Nisa to thank him for all of his hard work throughout the year. One story goes that one year, a clueless farmer put the butter under the porridge instead of the traditional on top, and he set it out for the Nisa on Christmas Eve. Seeing the bowl, but no butter, the Nisei flew into an angry frenzy and killed the farmer's cow. After all this anger murder, he was still hungry, so he ate the porridge anyway, grumbling the entire time, and discovered the butter at the bottom. The Nisei felt so guilty that he traveled all throughout the village and even to the next village to find an identical cow so he could steal it and bring it back.
1: It's like when a a fish dies and... (laughs) The parent like replaces it because they're like, shit, we done goofed. And he was like, oh, I done goofed. Yeah, Goldie. Goldie's been
0: alive for like 10 years and the parents are like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this is Goldie 8, so.
1: (laughs) This is generation 8 of Goldie.
0: Well, that story, the moral is don't fuck with the porridge. And this other next story, (laughs) the next story I'm going to
1: tell you is don't fuck with
0: the porridge part
1: 2 because it gets worse. (laughs) They really love their porridge. It's their Christmas present. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'd be pissed if somebody fucked up my Christmas
0: present. I know, and it's like the one thing they're given for like all of the hard work they do throughout the entire year. So it's like... Do it right. Respect the porridge. Yeah, respect the porridge. Respect it. Another tale tells of a young girl who saw the porridge and decided to eat it herself. The Nisei saw this and was furious. He told her, Have Have you eaten eaten the the porridge for the Nisei? Nisei? You have to dance with him." him and then proceeded to beat her. The farmer found her nearly lifeless body the next morning by the barn. Oh my god! Yep, that's that's it, that's the story. She deserved it. Don't eat the porridge, don't do don't it. Don't
1: eat the fucking porridge. It's kind of like a uh, uh, Goldilocks.
0: Yes, but angrier.
1: And deadly. <laughs> don't eat that motherfucking porridge. Don't
0: do it, don't do it. I like Mm-mm. how it's like, it let's tango, bitch. And then he,
1: <laughs> yikes. <laughs> He's like, you want to dance, bitch? You want to go?
0: You want to go with Anise? So the Nisei love all farm animals, but they do love horses the best. They've even been known to braid horses' tails and manes, and taking these braids out would be considered very disrespectful to the nisei. If a person directly disrespects a nisei's work, they've been known to rage and bite the person. A nisei's bite is poisonous and can only be healed by otherworldly means, so it's best to be respectful. There's a few stories of nisei biting, you know, random people who disrespect the bard who die soon after because they're like little snakes. Yeah. They're going to get you. They want to munch, and they will. They, they munch, and they will. And it's hard to heal unless you've got, you know, otherworldly help. If you don't know somebody who's got otherworldly talents, don't fuck with the Nisei. Goddamn right. In ancient times, the Nisei were portrayed as the soul of the house, but during the Christianization of Scandinavia, he was thought to be an agent of the devil. Hmm, sounds oh. familiar. Mm-hmm. Classic. Mm-hmm anything they don't understand it's like "Mm, that's devil shit that's some devil work there so for a while he was considered devilish and kind of fell out of modern canon but there have been revitalizations of this creature so modern characterizations have the nisei bringing presence and appearing much friendlier than past counterparts this happened around 1840. The modern Nisse is cuter and looks like American Santa, but still retains some local flavor. He does not live in the North Pole, but rather nearby forests, and they don't come down the chimney, but rather through the front door to deliver gifts to the children. Aww. Some Scandinavian households still put out a bowl of porridge. After all, dealing with the angry Nisse is not how I'd want to spend my Christmas day.
1: No, no, not at all. They got a real rage streak. Yep, <laughs> anger issues,
0: but they also are. it's you invited on yourself
1: it's true but they are sweet but psycho they are classic yep. sweet but psycho classic i mean the moral of the story is be polite and don't fuck with the porridge mm-hmm. yep
0: and i love gnomes i love gnomes i actually have a gnome collection i have five gnomes
1: i didn't know that in
0: different varying sizes i collect gnomes like garden gnomes
1: that's adorable
0: i have many gnomes so i'm, I'm glad i got to tell you guys about gnomes today because i love
1: them <laughs> you saw an opportunity to bring in gnomes to this podcast and god damn it you took it i did and i had to <laughs> and i love them too these guys are fucking great they're very cute they're so cute and i would love to have them around because first of all i would not disrespect them and second of all i really want someone to help out with chores because i hate cleaning also their hats delightful oh delightful why don't we wear conical hats conical Cone hats. I think
0: I think we should wear cone hats. Like baseball yeah. caps, get that shit out of here. Where's my cone get out, hat? Get out of
1: here. Give me the cone, man. Give me the cone hat. So yeah, I, I hope mean, you enjoyed our double creature feature. Yeah. It leads us into next week's episode, which is going to be all Christmas themed. A, a lot Christmas themed because it's going to come out on Christmas Eve. Yep. We have a Christmas Eve episode and
0: I think we're staying in Scandinavia for this one.
1: I think we are too. If I had to guess. And I do have prior knowledge of it. <laughs> It's an informed guest. Yes. As a pre-Christmas gift, we have a few more podcast suggestions.
0: Yes, we have some more
1: promos from more of our friends.
0: First up, we have Grease Valley Radio. They're a sci-fi audio drama set in a moneyless world with questing and cryptids. We're going to let them tell you more about it. Get ready for season two. Uh, what's Watch over here. Uh-oh. We back in it, boy. Uh-oh, Uh-oh. It's your boy, Big Bumble Bolly, with Grease Valley Radio, season two. When money stopped working, I started recording. Discover a world filled with questing, cryptids, centaur, cyborg, cowboys, cosmic elder entities, and of course, cute little grease piggies. Explore the filthy states with me today. Grease Valley Radio, a world-building sci-fi fantasy audio adventure, audio drama. New episodes drop in December 22nd and check my second podcast shady sands adventures both found wherever you find your podcasts
1: to you next we have so you're an artist are you interested in interviews with creative people if the answer is yes you gotta check out so you're an artist
0: Hey, I'm Sati Miele. And I'm Brock Berenson. And we have a little show called So You're an Artist, where we ask the all-too-important question, so you're an artist? What's your real job? Every other Friday, we feature an interview with a different kind of artist from any of the creative fields. Directors.
1: And I fell in love with directing. And I was like, I really, I want to do this. I want to direct. Actors. Stanley had looked at my tape and said immediately that this guy doesn't need any dialogue. He does it with his face. Video game designers. So I started, I had the initial idea for Tag back in 2012 in sixth grade and then started implementing the current architecture, which has become Teleportal. Musicians. You know, this music is all about an energy, you know, where you're performing and you transmit that, that, that energy into the people, the audience. Writers. I think we got pretty lucky with Rick and Morty because this whole crew with a few
0: exceptions, wrote a full season together.
1: So join us every other Friday on Spotify,
0: iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're really hoping you love all these promos. We've got a few more before the end of the year, but we're going to continue doing them just because
1: we like supporting fellow podcasters like ourselves. Yeah, we love our podcast friends. It's like having a supportive community. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's great. But for now, we're done. So we'll see you next time across the van.